The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Happy Saturday, pet lovers. Welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here today. You know, last Saturday, frankly, at about the time the show was airing, I was actually boarding an airplane and heading back home to Washington from Orlando, Florida. Now, you may remember in last week's show, I had recorded some things from the floor of Global Pet Expo, and that's what you listened to last week. Well, this week, we are going to talk to some amazing people who also were at the show, and we're going to talk about the things that we saw there. Now, I must admit that I did get to enjoy three days of sunshine and warm breezes and and no I I wasn't there uh, to necessarily have a vacation but it was definitely gorgeous but I worked my tail off at that show. According to my Bella Beat Leaf, in just those three days that I was at the show, I walked over 37,000 steps. I walked 16 and a half miles. I visited, I don't even know how many hundred booths. And even with all of that walking, I didn't cover the entire show. So that's why I've got people on here to help me. And you see, the people at Global Pet Expo, the American Pet Products Association, uh, they tell us that there were over... Um, 7.1 miles of aisle to be covered. And I certainly went up and down those aisles multiple times. But the show itself covers a massive 1 million square feet and almost 1,100 booths from companies all over the world. Now, I think I may have missed maybe two or three aisles, but I know for sure I didn't talk to 1,100 companies. But I did talk to hundreds, and I saw thousands of products, and I pulled together the dozen or so that really caught my eye to chat on our show. But like I said, I've invited some amazing pet industry insiders to, uh, to riff on Global Pet Expo. So, I want to introduce you to them. Joining me today, they are Tom Arnold. He's the Chief Technology Officer at PetHub. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Lorian. Glad to be here. Good to have you. We've also got Rebecca Breeze. She's also with PetHub, but she was one of last year's Women in the Pet Industry finalists for Woman of the Year Rising Star. And it should be noted, folks, that she is our token millennial. Now, I feel it's uh, important to say that because when we were at the show, it was clear that millennials are driving the industry, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So, welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. And we also have the lovely Kristen Levine. She was the winner of the Women in the Pet Industry's 2015 Corporate Woman of the Year, and she is an all-around pet lifestyle expert. She can be found at kristenlevine.com. Kristen, so glad to have you on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. 
Okay, everyone. So let's, I want to I kind of set the scene a little bit. I've talked about how big the show is, but I think it's important to talk about what I just mentioned just now, that millennials are clearly driving the pet industry. The latest statistics show that folks between the ages of 18 and 35 not only own the most pets in this country, 35% of all pets in the U.S. belong to millennials and boomers who used to hold that top spot. They actually only uh, hold 32% of market share now. But millennials are also getting pets much earlier in life than any other previous generation. They average 21 years of old age when they get their first pet. Previous averages were around 29 years of age, and they are spending more money on their pets, almost 30% more, according to some studies. So when I was walking the show, and I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but I could totally see that younger influence in the marketing much more than any other year. I mean, it was all in all the photos were clearly geared towards a younger audience. And there were so many references to technology, even when it didn't make any sense. And there were apps everywhere, Wi-Fi mentions, Bluetooth mentions. It seemed the word smart and technology driven was used on almost every booth, even if it was something like, I don't know, dog beds or poo bags, you know, it was just everywhere was Mm -hmm. clearly this tech, tech, tech thing. Even though for me, uh, even though there was definitely some new stuff out there, even at the new product showcase, I didn't feel like there was much uh, exciting new tech. There were some, certainly some, but nothing was mind blowing to me. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Well, I thought last year was the year of pet wearables and tech, but it sounds like this year is the one because from the list that you sent us, a lot of great wearable cool things, but some of them are just riffing off things that came out a couple of years ago too. Sorry, Kristen, I think I interrupted you. Yeah, no, that's the same thing I I was going to say, Tom. I I felt the same way. uh, It's kind of copycats of previous technology that was launched, although, you know, there was a lot of variety in the design. So I think that was that was kind of interesting. There were some of them that I thought the design was really, really incredible uh, and, and more attractive and more appealing um, than some of the previous wearables that I've seen. So I think those definitely a- appeal to uh, not not just millennials, but to me as well. I'm an actor. Yeah, definitely. Re- Rebecca, <laughs> any thoughts on that? Yeah, so it, it, that... I agree with Kristen. The one thing that I thought about last year is that they had all this new technology, but they weren't really sure who it would apply to. And I kind of felt like a lot of people were just trying to find the market space. They knew there was a market space, but whether it was they didn't believe millennials had the spending power yet, or they just, they honestly didn't know who would buy it. Um, Whereas this year, I agree with Lorian when she said that it's very focused on millennials. And I I think that's what we're seeing when we're looking at it. Young people all excited out with their dogs. And I I think that's the difference between last year and this year. It is copycats with a more focused marketing strategy towards the younger people. Yeah, yeah, talk about copycats. They were all over the place. And frankly, some booths I quickly glanced at and I went, oh, I've seen that. And I could tell it was literally just a copycat and I kind of walked on by. Unless, as you mentioned, Kristen, there were some really beautiful designs out there. And I'll talk about that a little bit too when we talk about feeders. But um, I wanted, so let's talk about wearables because you guys just mentioned that. And there were a ton of wearables that I had not seen before. Clearly wearables really debuted big time last year. But, and, and it's interesting to note, the ones that were there last year primarily were not there this year, which I think is also interesting. But before mm-hmm. I chat about what I thought was most promising, I'm going to let you guys weigh in. So, Rebecca, let's let's start with you then. You are token millennial. Were there any wearables that stood out to you as a sure winner for younger pet parents? Yeah, you know, 
I struggle with this one. Uh, you know, when I'm looking at a wearable, I'm looking for what sort of things that I want to actually track with my animal. Cause my animal's always with me. Um, I hope they'll never get lost. Um, so the GPS thing doesn't necessarily speak to me. But one of the ones that I really liked was the, the Fit P2 Pet Activity Monitor. And one of the biggest things that I'm struggling right now with is I have one of my pets is a little bit on the overweight side. And so I, I take her, I work her out, do different exercises, I monitor her food, but I don't really know what kind of effect I'm having. Am I doing enough exercise? Am I not doing enough exercise? Am I doing the right one? Um, and so I really kind of like the idea of this, this Fit P2, which it looks like it fits very comfortable, it's very durable, soft, and it's not really going to bother my dogs. Um, and also as a durability, a lot of times these can break very easily when you're having a rambunctious dog, it falls right off. But what I liked about it is that it has the activity monitor and it kind of shows what your dog is doing and also what kind of calorie intake you're looking at. And so when you're feeding your dog and basing that off of uh, the activity output, um, I feel like it gives you maybe not a perfect idea, but a lot better idea of maybe that you're doing the right thing or you need to change. And I know we'll talk about feeders that have some great options to kind of help with that. Yeah, I like the, I like the design too of that one. It's it, it is nice and and the poof also had a nice design. But again, I neither one of them to me at least stood out as like wow, this is a differentiator. They were very much copycats, but with nicer designs I think than what we've seen before. Tom, uh, you've built your entire career around software and tech. So what were your thoughts about all the wearables that were shown this year? Well, when I saw the the poof um, and the domain is my poof m y p o o f dot com. Um, I, my first reaction was, first of all, the name. Uh, they must not watch Mighty Python. Um, and there's lots of. Uh, it just made me think. <laughs> it just made me think. Yet another activity tracker that Whistle uh, did a great job on, like two or so years ago. And I had a Whistle. It was cool, but when it was lost, I didn't miss it enough that I felt that I needed to go spend the money again. So on the Poof and the Pet Kit, um, I or I'm sorry, the Fit P2. And the Fit P2, by the way, is on PetKit.com. Um, those, again, same thing, just uh, new packaging. Although PetKit had intimacy level tracking, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I was. I was the kind of an eyebrow raiser for me. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but I think my favorite. Meter. Is your pup getting enough snuggles? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think my favorite was the Wags one. Um, I. Uh, I just it, it was actually the hole where it was integrated into the full-on collar and the LCD screen where they have the flexibility where they can go in and put any kind of stuff on there, whether it's the license or rabies tag number or your phone number or whatever. I loved that they left it open where they can now do other things as, as new cool ideas come to mind. They've got that flexibility with that LCD screen on the WAGs. And I'm trying to remember the WAGs one so your listeners can look at it too. It's, it's W A G Z. It's right, get wags. There you W-A-G-Z. go. Get wags. Get wags. Yeah, Kristen. What about you? Anything to add to the discussion there? Uh, not a whole lot to add. I, I guess as a marketer, I, I would I tend to be drawn to the, the the design factor, and I really liked the design of the poof. And plus, uh, if you visit the website, the the layout it makes it really clear how to use it, and it seems really you know simple. And, um, but I gotta say, um, my dog Chili has started wearing a tracker, like, I don't know, back when Tag was launched. Um, and then Whistle bought Tag. So, and I never really knew when they came out with the activity feature, 
I just, I used it for a couple of weeks, like, oh, that's really cool, and, you know, but I, but after that, like you said, Tom, I think, I think uh, we, he chewed off the wing of the antenna or something, and we never got a new one. I just didn't, you know, uh, I guess I didn't find it valuable enough to get a new one. So, right. these right. are kind of things, I think they're interesting, but for, for me, I don't get too excited about them, because I don't use them. I, I know that if, if, if I walk chilly every day, then I'm, I'm doing okay. And, I, you know, I, yeah. I tend to look to our veterinarian to make sure he's at the right weight. So that's a little bit easier yeah. than having another tech tool to, to you know, manage. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of agree with the things everybody said. I think that there's a couple of things that are going – I mean, let's just talk first of all from, from my perspective about what I liked at the show. Um, I will say that there were a couple that I was kind of like, meh. There was this Trachimo one. There was an Inamal one. There were a couple others that were uh, – I don't even remember the brand name. Uh, they were uh, international companies that clearly were like, frankly, knocking off everything that was there. And so those Uh are kind of like, you know, I was like, okay, those are going to definitely take some market share because clearly their price point's a little bit lower. But none of them like really wowed me. I I will agree with Tom. Their battery lives were really low too. Oh, some of them were really. The Inamal and the Trackamal. Yeah, very bad. And like Inamal, I think only has like eight hours or something like that. And I was like, gosh, that's ridiculous. Um, And so I I like their, I really love their um, uh, video collar attachments. Again, though, from a novelty perspective, they're not something that I think is a must-have for myself. I, I agree with Tom. Uh, from my perspective, um, I, I thought the WAGS was most interesting. I am still waiting for that collar that really gets it, that can encompass it all, because I don't want to have to have an activity tracker and a GPS tracker and a this tracker and a that tracker and this and that and this and that. And I really would, would frankly want one that holds it all. But, but I think um, I don't know if you guys actually got to to go and hold the wags in the booth. I did, and I have to tell you that prototype. Now I know it's a prototype, and it's still under development. They're not going to be delivered uh, for a while yet, but it's heavy. I mean, I can't even imagine a dog uh, less than forty or fifty pounds even wearing it. I think even a forty or fifty pound dog might find it uncomfortable. Now they did tell me, you know, hey, hey, it's going to get it's going to get a lot lighter and everything. And they also we talked quite a lot about uh, how big their plans are. I mean, it's got the GPS that you men- mentioned. It's got the activity tracker we've seen a lot of lately. But it also adds. I thought another thing that you didn't mention, Tom, it has a, f- a flashing lights uh, part thing oh, that yeah. actually is a it, it like is triggered by movement and everything that I think, uh, and it flashes. So that would be important if your dog was missing at night or if you can't find them in the yard and you can remotely trigger it. I think that's great. And I too loved the LCD uh, monitor because. I love the fact that they actually have the ability to put identification on the device. That's one of the things that really torques me about other GPS collar attachments is that they tend to build this false sense of security that somehow this is magically going to always get your dog home. And they even, you know, places like Whistle, which I think has done a great job and for all intents and purposes, they have ne- your dog will never be lost again as part of their marketing. And I think, yeah, I don't know. That's To me, that's claiming a lot. And they ignore the fact that, you know, Technology can fail. Batteries can fail. Water can get in there. And being able to have identification on it is important. To that end, though, it is an LCD monitor. So if there is a battery failure or there is a water failure, that's not going to help. That's good point. So that, that was something mm-hmm. that kind of was in my mind. But I am glad at least that they are acknowledging that something more than just GPS as this magical pill to get the dog home is there. But I'm still really waiting 
to find a, a collar device that will really get, get it. And Rebecca, I want to ask you real quick before we uh, before we go to break. With all of these devices that have GPS, and you mentioned that actually that didn't appeal to you much, a lot of them have um, subscriptions attached to them. As a young uh, pet parent, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, yeah, they do have subscriptions tied to them. Some of them you pay for and some of, you, some of them you don't. Obviously, the ones that are free, this sounds bad, but I know a lot of my friends, if they don't have to pay for a subscription, they don't necessarily see the worth in it. Um, they don't. They think it's not something worth their time. The ones that do have the subscriptions, again, as you guys all said, you know, if it breaks or it doesn't do what you thought, your likelihood to, you know, keep that subscription, keep going with it, are minimal. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I don't think that that's a big selling point for these types because right. I don't right. think, as you said, they are where they need to be yet. Um, right. You know. It just, it needs some work. There's no doubt about it. It's a great idea, but it needs some work. And Tom, you were, I think you were going to really say something and I may have cut you off. What were you going to add? No, well, you mentioned the, the light on the collar. And I thought what was super cool about that was that not just for the, uh, for calling it out when it's moving around, but you can actually have it light up when the dog is flagged as missing. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And the price point is two ninety five without the camera and four ninety five with the camera, but then nine ninety five a month for the cellular network. So yeah, a little like, pricey, oof. and yeah, and you got to recognize that they're going to bring it down. The it's going to the weight's going to drop, I'm sure, and the price will come down as they get more and more that are going out there. But that's probably out of the wearable category. That's probably the one that I was most excited about. Yeah, Thanks me too. And I think too, they also have some design things to Kristen's point about design being appealed. They have some really cool design things on, on actually integrating some really nice designs into the collar itself, uh, which I think mm-hmm. is good. And I think that's, that I like the way they're forward thinking on that, but it is, it's a hefty uh, bill to pay. Well, we got to go to break folks, but uh, if you three will hang around, we've got some more really cool Wi-Fi stuff to talk about. And as Rebecca mentioned, feeders were a big, big thing on the floor this year. So I want to talk about those in the next segment. We're going to be back in just a moment, pet lovers, for more Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This 
This is Pet Lover Geek with Laurie and Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Today we are talking about all the innovation that we discovered at this year's Global Pet Expo in Orlando. And one of the things I just mentioned but right before the break that was really big at the show were connected feeders, bowls and automatic feeders and even uh, water um, distribution systems to make your water sweet for your pets. All these kind of things that were there. Uh, and, and they were everywhere. And as we mentioned before, a lot of them seemed very copycat-ish, but uh, it was something that really stood out to me. But Kristen, I'd like to start with you. Um, so, because when we talk about uh, all of the automatic Wi-Fi pet feeders and things like that, and there is an epidemic right now with obesity mm-hmm. in this country, but my question is for you, is there really a need for Wi-Fi linked food bowls and feeders and things, or is this more <laughs> of a fad or luxury item? Do you really think that this is going to have a big appeal? Well, it's funny that you asked me that because when I was prepping for the show, I wrote down next to the, the Wi-Fi feeders, I wrote down, are you really that busy that you have to feed your dog from your phone or your cat? I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I think it's funny because, because, you know, part of one of the reasons I think that pets have continued to just grow in popularity and our, our love and devotion for them and our humanization of them continues to grow is that because we're so digitally connected to every human in our life with, you know, via texting and email and, um, and social media, our pet is, is like the one relationship we still have that we interact with almost all the time, you know, in person and, and, you know, through touch and talk and, you know, things like that. So it's all analog. I, I guess it's a, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so I, I think it's a cool, maybe convenient, from a convenience standpoint, I'd say, yeah, you're working late and you need, you know, to use your phone to feed your dog. That's one thing. But I don't know, if you're that busy, maybe you shouldn't have a, a pet. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And were there any, though, of the, like, the Wi-Fi oh. uh, bowls that stood out what? to you? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I do think they're cool. I do think they're cool. I was just, that was kind of my just little diatribe on the whole concept yeah. of, you yeah. know, making things so easy. Yeah. But um, I did like the pet kit. Again, I really liked a lot of the pet kits products, um, again, because of the design. I, I thought, wow, if, if Apple made pet products, this is what they would look like. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I like the, yeah, I like the, the weight that, that it showed, this pet kit Apple seems to have a little scale built into it, a digital scale, so you can make sure that you're giving your pet the, the exact amount of food that they should be getting so they're not overeating. Um, and I like the other one. Uh, there was one, I think it was also the other pet kit bowl that had a, was antibacterial, um, which is great for, you know, if sometimes if you're not good about cleaning out your pet bowls, you know, after every single meal, um, I thought that was a, a nice feature. And plus, they look really nice. It would look nice in the in the home. Um, those were my favorites. Uh, those were the ones that stood yeah. out to me. And I did think the um, is it Obi bowl? Is that, Obi. Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Obi. Obi. Yeah, that's the Obi bowl was super cool. And I and I I heard about it before the show because they won the Pet Care Innovation Prize um, from Purina. Right. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, I, I I'm curious to know what you guys think about 
that particular bull and the, you know, ability to order, you know, auto-replenish through Amazon Dash. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I mean, hey, Tom, before I, before I yeah. share my feelings on this, were there any of the bowls or feeders that stood out to you as really cool, like something you'd actually get for your own pet? <laughs> it's funny because when I, when I was going through and doing my research, I'd put a bullet point of Tom would buy it or Tom wouldn't buy it. So <laughs> on the uh, so the Pro Bowl, the OBDog, O-B-E-D-O-G.com, um, I looked at that one. I was like, my reaction was, why would a good app, a mobile app, not accomplish the same thing and save me the money on buying a bowl, and then I can use any kind of bowl I want? And it seems like where we're at with this flood of tech coming into the pet space, filling that vacuum where there had not been much tech before, people are just trying to think of how do we add cool Bluetooth uh, things to stuff that's been around forever and then mobile apps. So the Pro Bowl, the uh, Obi Dog one, is definitely one that I would not get. Um, it was like 100 bucks. I could do the exact same thing with a simple mobile app. The one I did like, though, was PetNet. Uh, the PetNet one where you can actually feed an animal remotely. And I agree with Kristen that if you are that busy that you can't feed your pet, you know, then you may want to <laughs> kind of, you know, weigh uh, if you should have a pet or not at the moment. But in my case, I have a dog at home that wants to go after the cat's food all the time. So if I could time it or remotely feed it when the dogs are down at the office with me, and then now I could go ahead and do a specific measured amount of food, then I would do that for my cats. Because I feed my cats kibble, but I don't feed my dogs kibble. They get raw, so they would not, that'd be disgusting going into one of those things because it'd just be raw meat blopping out of it. Yeah, yeah, so, no. No, no, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> and then the Pet Kit company, PetKit.com, these guys... Uh, they have a lot of cool stuff. I think they're in almost every one of your categories, Lorian. But um, I liked the an antibacterial bowl that Kristen mentioned because they had a scale that was built into the bowl. Why get all fancy with having a scale that c communicates Bluetooth to your phone when you could just throw the scale in the bowl? And that's what they did. And I was like, boom, brilliant. Keep it simple. So that, I guess that's where I was is the PetNet remote feeder and then the uh, pet kit bowl that had the, the scale built into it if I was uh, watching um, how much I'm feeding my animals. Mm -hmm, definitely. Rebecca, what do you think? You actually mentioned that this was something uh, that uh, might be important for you. Yeah, this is my favorite category by far. Um, first, right off the top, I love the pet kit bowl. The scale was a big thing for weight control. I also really like the antibacteria part. I'd like to see some results um, to prove that it actually works. But with a lot of friends that raw feed, even though they clean their bowls after every feeding, it may not be as deep of a clean as you know, I have a, a, a background in pet food. So I get a little bit nervous. <laughs> so I kind of like the extra um, layer of security on that one. Um, I also agree with Tom. My reasoning for wanting to remote feed is mainly for my cat. Um, I have a dog that has learned to, no matter how high I put her food, he will find it. <laughs> so it's uh, mm -hmm. one thing that I thought, same thing. You know, I take the dogs out for a walk, I drop her food, and when I come back, you know, the food is gone to the right animal. Um, the other bowl that I really liked is I like the OB bowl. You know, part of it is I do like that it automatically orders the dog food because one thing that is a big uh, issue of contention in my house is the dog food getting really, really low and <laughs> not everybody mm -hmm. being aware of it. So I really like By that. By everybody, I you also mean your husband? Like that sounds like uh, 
<laughs> There's a story there. But keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, might, it might be a husband. And, and to be perfectly fair to my husband, he does do most of the feeding. He just doesn't do the ordering for some reason. Um, so I really thought that all of these were great. Um, I, I think that for products that I would actually end up buying myself, um, the pet kit, because it's really cute and it has that scale in it, and I think it'll be great for my dogs. Um, and then also the OB, just because I really like um, the automatic feeding and the, uh, the fun colors with it as well. I think it's a pretty design. Yeah. I, I think uh, there was a couple standouts for me. I actually, I, I too like the OB. I like the clean lines of it. There's also some part of me um, that I like being able to, I like loyalty, I guess, to the first one that was out there. She was actually the lead dog in this type of product. She Obi came out before everything else. Plus the fact that uh, I was talking to her in her booth, and she she said that she refers to the bowls as Obi Wan dog and Obi Wan cat. And so clearly she's a geek <laughs> after my own heart that loves Star Wars. So I was drawn to her. So that's a personal thing for me. Um, but it, you know, as Kristen mentioned, it won a Purina uh, Pet Innovation Prize, which is a really big deal, uh, and it also won a Red Dot. Uh, award, which is another big deal as far as designs. And there, most of the bulls that are out there are frankly going off of her lead, copying her, including the the pet kit one, which I will admit, if I had to choose based on what I'd like to have look-wise in my house, I would go with the pet kit ones just because they're really, really cute and the OB is just a simple bowl. Um, I do think that the OB app is really nice though. Um, and I don't think that the pet kit app is as good. So I think that there's you know, some she maybe needs to work on some more design type things, and they need to op- uh, work on maybe making that app really robust. And I think as far as the feeders, there were a couple of feeders. You know, Petful was out there, and uh, Pets uh, Safe actually had one out there as well, and they kind of meh. Um, and then there was also an app, uh, one that I forgot to mention when we were doing pre-work on this, but and I talked about it on the show where it's for cats in particular, but it's a sure, it's called SureFlap and it's connected to the cat's microchip. And it does kind of address that thing of, you know, the dog not being in, get into the bowl. Personally, I think my, my cat would be terrified uh, by a, a thing that opens and closes when she eats, but that's because she, she's a little skinny. Um, but as far as the feeders, I think that pet nets best. I also feed raw, so I wouldn't ever be able to use them for my dogs. My cat, maybe, yeah. Um, I am glad to say, though, that they changed the name, thank goodness, because they used to be called the Pinto Feeder, uh, which was based on the name of the dog. But I always thought, what is it feeding them beans? Um, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but, um, Good so, source of fiber. Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, I immediately think of the stink factor. So, um, but I, I'm glad that, that places like PetNet is out there. I've uh, talked to them quite a bit as well. And they have a really robust uh, back-end app and cloud support that actually is linked into a ton of nutritional data on all these different types of pet foods, which I actually kind of think is more the direction that these uh, – obesity tools need to go that we need to not be talking about just the weight of the food but what type of food are you putting in your dog because I feed my dog a lot less by volume and weight with the raw that I feed her than I ever did with kibble so I think it's important that we're not just a weight-based thing um, and that it's more integrated so anyway yeah, I, like that. In, I really like other- that too I liked yeah. how you could scan it it makes me think of some of these because I've I've uh, battled with you know making sure that I'm eating properly and all that and I love some of these apps for humans where you can scan the barcode and it looked like they had something similar um, for the this was the pet net one right yeah yeah that pet net one yeah I liked that I thought that was cool I thought that was good any other last thoughts before we move on to the next category 
All right, we'll move on to the next category. Okay, (laughs) so um, this is actually a category that I did not expect to see a ton of innovation, but there was a lot there, and that's anxiety. And there were so many products out there. It was more than just the Thundershirt wrap type of thing that we've seen a couple of variations of over the year, or the plug-in pheromones dispenser that I know we've been seeing for, gosh, I don't know, 10 years now. But it seemed like this year, the industry was really tackling anxiety from a bunch of different directions. And Kristen, I'm going to start with you again. What products did stood out for you as far as anxiety tools? Well, this is this is my favorite category because um, I am working on launching a pet anxiety awareness week um, to, oh, to help educate that we start parents. With you. <laughs> yes, uh, because you know, as we know, or maybe we don't, maybe don't know. I should explain myself. Um, oftentimes, pets that are expressing or experiencing fear, stress, or anxiety, um, the way they show it, their pet parents may not recognize it as a serious problem. Um, and what happens is if it goes unmanaged, uh, it tends to just get worse with age. And I've had a personal experience with two, two dogs that have had really severe fear, stress, and anxiety. Um, a lot of dogs get surrendered to shelters for these reasons, and cats too, uh, because pet parents don't know how to manage uh, the behavior that's caused by their fear. So um, I, I kind of expected to see a lot of new products in this category just because I've been uh, doing a lot of research and, and working with a couple of different companies that, that uh, are in the anxiety space. So I would have to say, um, what I liked a lot of the ones that I saw, but my favorite one was the the calm pause, the my calm pause, which mm-hmm. uh, is a really clever use of using essential oils and this gel patch for um, that, that gets stuck into a pet's e-collar. So I think this is initially probably developed for pets that have had a surgical procedure or they, they're having some, some kind of issue, uh, skin condition where they're scratching. And if they have to wear an e-collar, as we all know, those e-collars... Um, are no fun to wear, and I've worn one. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and I think that was a really clever uh, way to um, to integrate a calming patch into the e collar. But they also have a little. Um, I think they called it a disc. Yeah, that a disc. You could slide onto your cat or dog's collar, and they actually gave me one to bring home, and I haven't had a chance to use it yet. But I thought it was really innovative, and even they even went to the extent to uh, in the in the e-collar um, uh, that they provide with the package. It's it's a color of blue that has been proven to be relaxing for pets. Yeah. And so I like I, I love that, that about them. I like the fact that they've proven a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff. That was actually my favorite of all the different stuff that was out there for anxiety was that 21st Century Health pa- Health uh, Calm Pause line because they've done so much research and testing for efficacy, mm-hmm. and I'm really drawn to the science behind that kind of product. Uh, we're running out of time on this break, so I want to make sure Tom has a chance. Tom, what, mm-hmm. what stood out to you? Um, well, I, I've, I've not used any of the uh, anxiety things um, yet. Uh, we have a Calms in Calms.com, C-A-L-M-Z.com. We have one of those at home, um, but it requires a little bit of additional training and you kind of ease them into using it. And so, as such, uh, sadly, my human nature side of me has blocked me from getting that done. So I'm excited about playing with that one because that one comes with a harness. It actually does some sounds and some gentle vibrations and things like that. And uh, I could definitely see my dog having that on during 
football games or movies with lots of bass, <laughs> or if you can hear it, my neighbors who are playing dance music right now. So um, I, I would love to try that, and I just need to do it. I haven't tried any of the um, uh, uh, essential oils and things like that, but um, I believe from what I've heard that they work. And so I thought the Calm Paws one was... Uh, uh, really a great idea where you can put it in the e-collar and yeah. uh, and and you know as part of their healing process so anyway those are the ones that stuck out to me Rebecca anything stand out to you yeah actually the compost again um, I actually have a dog with high anxiety right now and I've used um, the air diffusers similar with uh, what earth heart has and it does work it works very well I really like it um, so I'm actually really excited for this calming disc because, unfortunately, the one downside of the spray is that, you know, you have to be there in a situation and quickly spray it around to kind of calm the situation. She has anxiety when we leave, and I we spray it before we go, but if we're gone for a few more hours than we intend, mm-hmm. it wears off. So I really yeah. am excited about this uh, disc, and I'm going to look for it for my own dog. Awesome. And I'm going to have them on the show in a couple of weeks. So I'm really excited about that. We'll be, we'll have an entire, I was so impressed with all the anxiety products out there. We're going to have an entire show on anxiety innovation. Um, I also really like the idea behind pet acoustics. I think it's really interesting how she's working with different frequencies for dogs and cats and even horses and birds and how each of them has a different um, uh, sound uh stuff going on with them. So I'm looking forward to testing that. She's going to be actually sending me some of those so I can test it. Um, it's, it they're interesting. I'm not 100% sold on using the acoustics to, to solve the stuff, but you know I've got my own uh, anxiety issues with the Boston Terror here at home, so I'm definitely interested in testing that. I'm curious um, about that cat tunnel one that's in there. I thought the cat tunnel too. was very cool, and I like the fact that you can actually there's a bed that's integrated with the sound as well. Well, we've got to go, but we've got some more to riff on, so hang tight, folks. We're going to take a break Sit, stay, and we'll be back with more treats from Global Pet Expo on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric EZ Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, we are back, and, and we're, we have a couple things we wanted to talk about. This is the section where we are going to talk about the really fun stuff. Uh, the, there were a few things that I found out there that weren't necessarily like super techie. A couple of them were, and they were unique. They were the things that I hadn't seen before, I hadn't even thought of in some cases, and I want to spend this last little section talking about them. So let's start with... Um, the uh, smart pet leash, the Go Smart Pet Leash from My Pet Kit. Now, I am not a big fan of retractable leashes for a lot of safety reasons, but this one really did catch my eye. I'm, I'm curious what everybody thought of them. Uh, let's start with uh, Tom. Let's start with you. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I like this because the idea is that instead of putting some of the GPS and, um, um, you know, mapping your walk and things like that activity and all that stuff in the collar as everybody has done they put this into the actual leash itself and then the leash pairs with your mobile device and it even vibrates when a call is coming in and things like that so i thought that was super creative and i thought what i liked or what i did like about that was when i think about a device like this being in the dog's collar it seems like it's more likely to have issues because of exposure to water like my dog loves you know, going in after Frisbees in the water or huge G-forces when he's playing and things like that. And the fact that it's actually in the handle of the of the retractable leash, I thought that was creative. And that the leash itself, the, uh, the tether, uh, can actually be swapped between different handles. So, um, you know, you've got some flexibility there, too. So I thought it was, I thought it was pretty creative. Yeah, I, 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 I liked it, too. Kristen, what do you think? Well, I actually did not see that at the show. So when I was reviewing your, your, the prep sheet you sent us, I thought, wow, this is really cool. I wish I had seen it. Um, just pretty much what Tom said is what I liked about it. Um, and, and, of course, the design always gets me, too. I love the design. And, um, yeah, I, I took Chile for a walk this morning on a retractable, which I don't normally use, but on occasion I do. And uh, it, it looks like a relic compared to this thing. So uh, I'd like to, I, would, I would definitely buy one of those. Yeah, I think, I think for, for taking them out for walks, particularly in not crowded places, I think it's a really, really great option. I, but like I, mm-hmm. I, like I said, yeah. I have some safety issues with, with retractables, but I do really like the idea behind this a lot. Yeah. Rebecca, Morning. thoughts for you? Yeah, it is retractable, Tom. It is retractable. Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, Rebecca? Yeah, so kind of, I guess, the millennial voice a little bit. The things that jumped out at me, I live in a, a busy city, um, and when I see people out with retractable leashes, it kind of makes me cry a little bit just because there's no place for that in a crowded area. Um, but with that being said, I really like this design a little bit better with how, I, if I'm not mistaken, you can change what kind of level of retraction you have. So if, if I'm understanding this correct, you can put a shorter leash in there. So it could be used yes. in kind of a more crowded area. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I looked at from a safety issue, I know the joke is I'm not very coordinated. So when I go and take my dogs out for a walk at night, I like to have a flashlight with me. I mean, there are some street lights, but, you know, it's, it's not enough. Um, so I kind of like that there's a flashlight built into it so I don't have to balance my dog, the leash, 
my phone, my headphones, and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, really like this leash. It's going on Rebecca's uh, Christmas list for sure. Yeah, and actually, um, I, actually, I think actually now that I'm thinking about it, I actually think that that that's what it is. It's not necessarily retractable. It's got the same handle as a retractable, but it does have the exchange leash uh, length so that you can have a shorter length or not length. So I'll I take that back. It is not retractable. Um, now I there's another Perfect thing for that. Puppy uh, training. that well, it is actually, yeah, and I, th- I just, I thought that this was one of the coolest things I saw out there, and it was definitely the most uh, innovative leash that was out there. Um, now, let's talk about something completely different. Um, it was the goat? Uh, now, I, I don't know that it's the best name for a product, but it is a fun product. <laughs> and after talking to them, uh, it's purely a novelty product. So I'm just going to describe what it is. It looks like. I don't know, uh, uh, like a little cartoon character. Uh, It's a a couple inches big, and it's like a little ball that attaches to the outside of your pet's collar. I did hold them. They're very light. Uh, They have a cat version and a dog version, although admittedly no cat will... I don't think any cat would ever want to put this thing on their collar. But it has a (laughs) built-in speaker. It has a built-in... Microphone, so you can actually record things on it for it to say, like if somebody knocks on your door, your dog can actually go greet them at the door, and the dog's collar will talk to them. Um, it, it's uh, and it also has a selfie app, and there's a there's some really fun stuff that goes with it. Um, it's totally novelty product, but I thought it was hilarious. Any thoughts on the goat? Who who wants to jump in? Um. <laughs> so I decided I'm definitely not the audience for this product. <laughs> I thought, okay, teenage girls with, you know, dogs. And I think it's awesome because you got to have some cute, fun, novelty things like this. Um, and I like the selfie thing where you can s- stick your ca- your phone somewhere and then go to your dog and click the button and get a selfie with you and your dog. I wouldn't pay for something like that. I don't even own a <laughs> selfie stick. But... Um, so, yeah, so cute, you know, very cute. I'm not your market. <laughs> okay, but Rebecca, well, you're, you're the I younger market. market. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, but, with that, and I do own a selfie stick, um, but looking at this, <laughs> okay. I, I, I get that, I think it's cute, and I've actually been watching this product for a while. Um, I will be honest, so for the last couple of months prior to the show, I follow these guys on LinkedIn. I didn't really know what it did or what I needed to get out of it. And when doing research for the show, I kind of saw the cuteness. Quite frankly, I I wouldn't buy it. Um, And I think mainly it's just because it's just one more thing, I think, to add on. And, yeah, it's cute if you're a dog, say something and stuff like that. But for $45, I just don't know that the cute factor is enough to justify it. Um, I could see this being something that I will get, however, from a relative who's like, oh, but she loves her dogs. How funny. Uh, dirty yeah. Santa gift. It is a dirty yeah. Santa gift. It's a perfect, it's a perfect gift like when, for the pet parent that has everything. Kristen, your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm with Tom. I would, it's, it, it would be a gift item that I would purchase for someone, but I would not get one for myself. When I first looked at it uh, on the prep sheet, I, I just didn't get it. <laughs> And I thought, uh, it's, yeah, like you said, yeah. novelty, oh, there's always a place for novelty. Yeah, and I think, I think to me, the thing that caught my eye, the thing that I thought was funny was that at the show, you have it on a dog, and the dog walks up to you and starts talking. And that was like, what? What's going on? That goes on? at the register at the impulse buy section. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I think this is a fad, obviously, but I thought it was funny. It cracked me up. All right, Goat let's move on to another one. Products.com. 
Yes, it is GOAT. And by the way, GOAT stands for greatest of all time. Uh, so that, that's, um, like I said, I don't know that the name is really great to help them, but uh, the, it's a cute uh, novelty product for sure. Let's move on to one that actually, admittedly, when I first saw it in the new product showcase uh, and in the press room, I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. But then I went and talked to them and I looked at the product uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards I like this. This is called the Peekapoo. I'm going to spell it for you. P-I-Q-A-P-O-O. And it is an attachment that goes, a clamp that goes on the base of your dog's tail. And attached to that is a doggy poo bag. And it catches the poo, and you don't ever have to bend down and catch it. I'm really uh, – and scoop it up. I really want to know what you guys favorite. think because you're, la- you're laughing right now, but I want to know what you think, and then I'm going to share my thoughts. Let's start with Tom. Tom, you yeah. start. Well, well, I'm on their website right now, and like you said, P-I-Q-A-P-O-O.com. And, and my first reaction is, thank God it's patented because it's got a big patent mark on there because – well, no, I wouldn't go copy this. But this product, I was sitting there thinking, oh, my Lord, what is this? And then I watched the video, and now it's my very favorite one because yeah. the video itself won me over. You yeah. have to go watch the video. <laughs> um, so at first when I was like, this is this is kind of silly and all that stuff, as I started thinking it through and talking to some people about it, I could see truly how helpful this could be for somebody who's like visually impaired or not as mobile, somebody who's older or perhaps wheelchair bound, um, things like that. And anybody who's ever been to Europe, especially Paris for, for crying out loud, nobody picks up after their dog. Um, and and it's, it's like walking through a minefield. Thankfully, in the U.S. culture, which we're much better about calling people out on this stuff. Um, but they've got an Indiegogo going right now. It, they got about 50 grand that they've raised. It's coming in around 50 cents a bag, so it's a little pricey. But then again, as I said, for somebody who's got some um, challenges visually or, or mobily, I think it's a great product. Yeah. And you got to watch the video. you got to watch the video. Kristen, what do you think? Yeah, um, I, I thought... Pretty similar to what Tom was, was was saying. I was there. I did see this booth, and when I first uh, saw the demonstration by the guy that was at the booth, I cracked up. I just couldn't stop laughing. But then I thought, I don't know. In the in the video, um, and I didn't hear the audio. It was just playing in the background, so I could kind of watch it. Um, I felt like the dog looked humiliated. <laughs> yeah, it just looked so 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 odd. But I, I do. I do get the practical application of it, and and quite frankly, from a selfish standpoint, there are some piles that I really hate picking up for Mm -hmm. reasons you can imagine. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that I'd buy it, but I, I guess it's pretty clever. Yeah. I. I. Okay. I'm. I'm going to reserve my comments until Rebecca weighs in. Rebecca, what do you think of Peekaboo? Well, a, a little while ago, one of our coworkers actually sent me this video, and I thought he was pranking me. Uh, so I, I didn't really, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't really sold on it when I just saw the video. But when I was researching for the show and after seeing um, other people use it, I do see the application for people who, like, like Tom said, who are not as mobile. I just mm-hmm. don't know how well it would work with my dogs. I mean, not to be weird, but this morning when I was walking them, I just kind of watched how that all went down, and I was like, would this 
would it stay? I have a very small dog, and they do show smaller dogs with it, but I yeah. just don't know, unless you have a big Labrador, if it would actually work. Well, they say um, that they, cool they did product. say that it works with, with dogs that are 10 pounds or more, and it doesn't work, obviously, with nub tail dogs, um, but I am convinced that sure. this is an awesome product for, for people with disabilities. I, I mean, I saw it there in action in the booth, and I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I don't know that I would personally use it, uh, although... Uh, you know, you know, who knows? I, I, I'm not a big fan of picking up certain types of poo either. Um, so, and it would take care of that. Um, and it was, and it's, it's really well designed. And if you actually put it on your fingers, it doesn't hurt at all. And it's very tight, uh, but it doesn't hurt at all. So I like it. The other one that for um, the horse version. Yeah, right. Um, now we only have a couple more minutes. So we're only in a couple minutes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead to the last thing that was on our list um, because for me it was an exciting product, and that is the Bissell Bark Bath Portable Dog Bath. Um, thoughts on that, real quick, because we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, well, Chrissy, my dogs are afraid of the vacuum. <laughs> okay, Chrissy, go ahead. Yeah, and. And they, and they do, okay, so I got a chance to review this product about a month ago, and I think it's really cool, um, and I think it's great for people that have mobility issues, um, and it's just really convenient because it's portable, and you can give it, like, when I tried it out, I literally gave Chili a bath in my living room on the carpet. I mean, I put a towel down, um, and it really, it did everything it said it would do. Um, it, it, it would, it, the only thing I wasn't crazy about was this, the water, or the um, rinseless shampoo, because we're pretty selective about the shampoos that we use. So I, I can see myself using it periodically when I need the convenience, but I don't know about using it exclusively. But they do also um, provide pet owners instructions on how to acclimate your dog to the sound uh, if, they, if they don't like the sound of the vacuum. Yeah, I think it was cool. Rebecca, you were saying that you think your dog is going to be scared of it? I do. And, and the with not just the sound, but my dogs are afraid of the actual, like, shape of the vacuum and just kind of the whole aspect of it. With that being said, bath time is also a struggle. As you can see, water in general or any sort of bath my dogs aren't really set for. But I will say for me, a turnoff was the, the shampoo type using just because mm-hmm. I get really nervous with that kind of stuff being left on the dog. Um, so I think it's an interesting concept. I would just maybe like it formatted a little bit differently. All right. Well, we're I almost at a time. great for RV or campers. That's that's yeah. basically what yeah. th- went through my head, Lori. And I know. Yeah, that was. I was like, as a travel person, that's it's like an awesome thing to have. And that is all we have time for today. We had actually had more to cover, but that's okay. I'll cover it in the blog a uh, little bit later in this week. I want to thank Tom Arnold and Rebecca Breeze from Pet Hub. You can learn more about Pet Hub at PetHub.com. And Kristen Levine, you can find her at Kristen Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E dot com. Uh, thank you all for coming on the show. Yeah, it's I been fun. You. And we're going to see everyone here back next Saturday on Pet Lover Geek. I've got a lot of new things today. I have so much that I want to share in the next couple of uh, sessions that we've learned from everything I found at Global Pet Expo. So join us next Saturday on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lorian Clemens, for another edition next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.